everybody. Welcome to the No Pants Required podcast. I'm your host, Jen Mann. And today I'm wearing kind of like athletic pants, I guess. I think they're meant for sports, but I just like them because, you know, it's the closest thing I have to wearing no pants because you can just pull them on. You don't have to button them. So I wear these a lot. Anywho, today my guest for this episode is Rachel Sobel. Rachel Sobel is the heart and mind behind Wine and Cheez-Its. She's a Florida native via Long Island, like the rest of them, living the new normal. Marriage, baby, divorce, remarriage, another baby. In between navigating massive loads of laundry, cooking 32 different meals for picky eaters, and doing ponytails over until they are perfect, she finds time to write it all down. Sometimes there's sarcasm, sometimes there's cursing, but she always keeps it real. No filters or censorship, just a gal momming so hard and documenting it. Hey y'all, it is Jen again, and today I have my friend Rachel Sobel. So Rachel writes, is it like a blog? It's a blog, it was once, like we all were once had blogs, I don't know if we still do anymore, do we? Yeah, I know, I I think about that. It started, definitely started as a blog, and then I think it turned into like some kind of receptacle of content. (laughs) Right. Yeah. So her her blog, her, her, her platform is called wine, but it's wine with an H like, you know, wine and Cheez-Its, which I think is a great name. I mean, of course I love, you know, anybody who comes up with really funny names, but I, I really liked that one a lot because I'm always looking for just kind of double entendre names like that. So it's very fun. How did you come up with your name? The wine and Cheez-Its. So I have, I have two daughters. I had one when I started it, but you have a daughter uh-huh. and I don't know if it's the same for you, but as I'm surrounded by girls in my house, the whining is like not anything I was prepared for. <laughs> and so it seemed like a nice fit and I am a Cheez-It enthusiast. Okay. And so there are always crumbs in the bottom of my purse of Cheez-Its. Like I'm not even exaggerating. Always. I have to dust bust my purse probably like once a week. So it just kind of fit and it worked and it matched the chaos of my life. Just, has Jesus has Jesus given you a branding deal yet? Like what's going on? Or sued no, you? I'm a little like- <laughs> well, that's what I'm scared of. I'm scared of that because I do have, I trademarked the wine and part. So okay. people can't use wine and with other stuff, but the Cheez-Its, I'm always like living on the edge. They have sent me stuff. They've sent me like when they did their whole wine and Cheez-It duo pack, they sent me that. So I'm like, well, they must know I exist, but I don't know. I feel like maybe at almost eight years of doing this, maybe they just don't want to bother with me. I'm praying that's the case because it would really suck to have to change it. Yeah. Cause there was that whole debacle a few years ago when anybody who had like honest in their titles, do you remember that? Like, like that, mm-hmm, what mm-hmm. is it? Jessica Alba's brand like came after everybody with honest in their name, which was bullshit if you ask me, but whatever. Yeah. It's a tribute. It's yeah. a tribute. Like look at it as a tribute. And like I am, it's brand recognition. Like people see cheese it and I get DMs all the time going, Oh my God, I love cheese it. So really I'm doing you a service with free advertising. <laughs> there you go. That's a good way to look at it. See, and I look at it and I think like I would never name my my social media accounts or blogs that because I think cheese it's are revolting, which is weird because I love cheese <laughs> and I will eat like I will eat a bag of Cheetos, like, you know, like wine and Cheetos. I'm down for it, but cheese it and my kids love, and I don't like goldfish either. I think it's something about like cheesy crackery things that I've just, that's where I draw the line. But yeah, no, my kids eat that shit by the pound. So I, I'm like, in fact, my son was mad the other day because I bought the wrong kind. And I'm like, well, you work in, like he likes the toasty and she, my daughter likes the original or whatever. And 
I can't keep track who likes what. And I'm like, you work in a fucking grocery store, grab a bag, you know, like <laughs> get some, like, I don't like, why am I so grocery shopping for you, dear? So yeah, well, that's good. Yeah. Because that would be my concern would be that either I would get in trouble for it, which because as someone who has the trademark on people I want to punch in throat and enforces it a lot, <laughs> I'm just sort of like, you know, you know, you, but I feel like when you're a big brand like that, and, and to me, the whole honest debacle was more just that you can't, I just don't think you can, I can't trademark punch and then say punch is my word, you right. know, like, like right. I felt like you can't just do like one word. It has to be a phrase or a title or something like that. But, but what, but yeah. at least, you know, and nobody, nobody sell, like, I'm not trying to sell cheese. It's I'm not trying to like infringe on your business. So I feel like there should be an understanding between brands and content creators when there's no, like, you know, trying to go after your people. Just let us be, just yeah. let us be leave us alone. We have enough bullshit to deal with, with the constant changing algorithms of Instagram and, you know, all the bullshit that goes on there. So just let us be, leave mm-hmm. us alone. Agreed. Well, that's, that's okay. Let's talk about that because that's my beef is my beef is with like the oh. Facebooks and the Instagrams of the world, because it's like, I'm creating content for you for nothing. And people are sitting here. I'm bringing you millions of eyeballs to look at this shit. And they sit here on your platform and look at your fucking ads and then you're like throttling me now. Like now you want to make my reach smaller and you want me to pay, you want me to pay cheese. It's kind of money, you know, like <laughs> I always, cause I always say that I'm not Coca-Cola. I'm like, you know, cause like my, my biggest audience is on Facebook. And so Facebook mm-hmm. is like, they're always like, like, do you want to boost this post? I'm like, no, I would just like the people who follow me to see this post. Like, I just would like them to see it. And they're like, no problem. It'd be $9,000. And I'm just like, I am not Coca-Cola. Like, I don't know what I don't know what you think I do here, but I write little books. <laughs> you know? It it is like the wild I feel like it's turned into the wild, wild west. And I'm sure you can, you know, you've been on for a while. And I think I've had my Instagram account for about eight, nine years now. And in the beginning, when I started posting, like it was the greatest thing ever. I connected with all of these incredible writers and built this community of readers and all this stuff. And now I feel like we get dinged for everything. Like I feel like people put up a meme with a word like punch in it, right? Mm-hmm. And it gets cited for violence. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, is this really where we are that like there are straight up disgusting people on social media trolling accounts and sending inappropriate things and they're fine or selling Bitcoin or whatever bullshit they're putting in your DMs. But those of us who are just trying to make a joke that people laugh at, we're getting put in Facebook and Instagram jail constantly. I'm in jail right now. You get in trouble a lot. I'm in jail currently. You get in trouble a lot. (laughs) And I'm getting in trouble for old shit, which is really bad because I've been been on Facebook now for 11 years. And I'm like, oh, if we're going back 11 years, like I'm... So I keep telling everybody, I'm like, I'm eventually going to get banned. Like I'm positive that eventually they're just going to take away all my platform and then I'm going to be devastated. So I keep trying to slowly move people onto like Slack or Discord or something like that podcasting because it's like something that I can have a little bit more control over. I mean, do you feel like that's the part that I struggle with as a content creator who, you know, serves at the pleasure of these Kings, you know, do you kind of, to me, that's the biggest stress I have every day is, do you feel that stress or is it just me? No, I feel it. And it's interesting because when I first started, you know, you get all these rules thrown at you like, oh, if you want your account to grow and you want to engage people, you have to post at the same time every day and you have to post something aesthetically pleasing. You have to do this. And for a long time, I think I followed those rules and I did grow. I did. Mm -hmm. But 
as I got into it, like maybe year five, year six, I was like, you know what? This is stupid. I'm doing this because I'm trying to connect with people and build an audience. So I'm just going to do what I want when I want. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. And so that's where I live now. But I kind of toe the line when I see like numbers dropping or engagement dropping. I go into those old patterns where I start to stress myself out. And I'm like, why am I stressing out? This is, yes, this is like a big part of my livelihood because I do get advertising dollars. I do write a lot of articles that people I know are paying me to write because of my social media reach. So I can't take it for granted, but there has to be a healthy balance. I think that's the hardest thing to find as a content creator with platforms that are constantly dinging us and punishing us when we're just trying to follow the rules and make a living. Mm -hmm. It's mind blowing. Like you said, they're going back 11 years. I had that happen to me. I got a story which wasn't even my story. It was like on confession day, I shared a a confession from someone. It said something like, my husband's snoring so loud, I want to punch him in the face. And I shared it. And like three years later, I got a violation from it on my account. And I'm like, how do we have time to go back three, five, now you're saying in your case, 11 years, but there are literally accounts that are duping my content with my picture, trying to pretend to be me. And those don't get taken down. Explain to me how that works. Well, and that's the thing. So it's, I'm especially getting dinged in my group. I have a private group for Midlife Bites for my, my mm-hmm. latest book. And I've got, you know, 31,000 women in there. And we moderate. Like, I mean, I have 12 moderators. We moderate all the content. You can't just post willy-nilly because it would be crazy in there. So it's yeah. like we have to approve all the, all the content. Like all the – we have to approve the original post. But we don't approve comments, of course. But it's like I started noticing about a year ago that anytime someone spoke ill – of men and meaning just like that, just like, oh, my husband's driving me crazy. I just want to punch him in the face. You know, oh, you know, men suck. I mean, that was all it was. It was not, <laughs> there was no violence at all behind any, because it wouldn't allow that. Like, it would never allow that to happen in my groups. You know, it's just women venting. That's what the whole group is about, is to vent. And we were getting so many notifications and flags on it that they were like, we're going to take away your group. And I was like, please don't take away my group. Like, this group is really important to people. And and so I had to like go in there and make an announcement. I was like, please stop talking about M-E-N. Like, please be nicer <laughs> to the boys. Like, because some of these, because, and, and I know it's bots. Like, I know it's not just human beings mm-hmm. sitting there going through all these comments and memes and stuff. It's bots, but these are their key words that they're looking for. And so I was it's like, it's ridiculous. I was like, please be nice to the weaker sex because apparently they can't take <laughs> a joke and they don't understand, and the bots don't understand sarcasm. And when you're trying to write humor and- you know, but it's not even the bots because a few years ago I have a book called Working with People on Punch and Throat, and a bunch of my readers put pictures of it on social media that they got this book and they were very excited. And the bots let it go back then. Yeah, I'm waiting for people on punch and throat to just be in big trouble eventually. But they let that one go. But it was actual human beings that were like reporting their coworkers to HR and saying, like, I feel unsafe because they're reading this book. And I was like, it's not how to, I promise. Like, <laughs> I mean, did you ever think that you would write a book that would become banned? <laughs> like, oh, wishing so and praying. Crazy. The best thing that could happen to my books is that they would get banned. I've always wanted a banned book. It would be such an honor. <laughs> but yeah, no, but my, my books are getting banned for dumb, stupid shit, though. Like, I would like my books to be banned because my books actually make people think or, you know, something or feel something not like I'm scared of the title. The lesson here is that misogyny and the patriarchy is still hard at work, even through bots. We can't even escape it through bots. They are built on like the foundation of misogyny. And that's really just where we are. I think so. Well, and then on the flip side, because then 
I think I complain so much because, you know, they'll always ask you like, was this helpful? Like when they like, you know, when they take content out and then they're like, yes or no, was this helpful? And I'm always like, no, <laughs> you know, or, or I appeal it or, you know, and I, I write this, this well thought out argument as to why, you know, it should not. And they still come back with the bot being like denied, but now they won't even let you say bitch in the group. Like, so you can't even say like, you know, hey, bitches, like, you know, like nothing. And so I'm like, okay. So I was like, so now we have to be very careful about what we say and what we approve. Like, that's everything. Like, I can't approve things that, mm -hmm. and I'm like, your content is great. Your question is awesome. I just need you to sanitize it for Zuck's pleasure and for his sensitive ears. I don't know. It's crazy. It's crazy out there. It really is. I miss the old days, but you know, like we just have to, I guess, find ways to adapt and look for different. It's just, it's never going to get any better, but it's no. really something compared to a handful of years ago when it, it was the wild, wild west, but in a very different way, a more in a very way. good way. I always <laughs> yes, say like, yes. I remember like the first year I was on Facebook that people actually were like get mad at me because I clogged their feed. They're like, I see you too much. <laughs> I was like, oops, my bad. <laughs> so that's my next question. If this, okay, so we complain incessantly about this, but yet we continue mm -hmm. to wake up every day and do it. What keeps you going? Why are you still doing this? Why are you still creating content? Why are you still like creating your communities and fostering them? I mean, first of all, I'm Jewish. So like complaining is in my blood. Like that's just, it's part of my DNA that I will never escape. It's we, we just like to bitch about things. It's just who I am and I'm okay with that. But the reason I keep doing it is because I, I think that innately I'm a fighter a little bit. Like when people try and take things away from me or try and put restrictions on things, like I want to do it even more, not in a way to like be an asshole, but like, I genuinely, when I first joined Instagram, and I started connecting with all these women, especially when I was being vulnerable about my own life about how, you know, getting divorced and getting remarried in my late 30s and having a miscarriage and having a blended family and all these things that were just kind of starting to be normalized and talked about more, I realized the need for the communities around the messier parts of life that women mm -hmm. really just needed to commiserate and not even commiserate. Some women don't talk at all, but they like to read it. They feel peace and just being a voyeur. And yes. I feel like if we take those communities away, Way on social media, there are so many women who don't have support in their real life who then don't get that camaraderie. And I would that breaks my heart to even think about. And so that's really what keeps me going is the people I've been exposed to that have sent me messages over the years or sent me emails about how much certain things or articles or posts or whatever have resonated. That's the fuel that I think keeps me fighting the good fight. That's awesome. That's a great answer. I'm going to steal it. And I'm going to use it now because <laughs> when people ask me that question, I'm always like, I don't know, because fuck those guys. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's hard. Like, yeah. It's, it's very anger inducing. It's anger inducing to be a creative and get be handed these tools as a way to get your messages out. And then people say, no, no, not like that. You're not going to do it like that. Like, it, it's really frustrating. It's like they dangle the carrot in front of you to let you have this freedom to do what you love doing. And then they start to penalize you for it. It's a very hard yeah. pill to swallow. But I just don't, I can't, I'm not ready to give up yet. I'm not ready. No. Well, and for me, I feel like too, it's like, you know, 10, 15 years ago, 15 years ago, like I, I couldn't have done, I could not have had this career. Like this career would not have existed. And, and I'm so much happier doing this and I can't imagine not doing this. And so I will just, yeah, I'll just have to live and adapt and figure out how to, how to beat the next thing. What do you think the next thing is? What are you doing? Are you still, are you, are you going anywhere new or what's, what's the new hot platform I, I should not join for another four years? You know, I'm like you, I don't, I can't, I know everyone's on TikTok. Yeah. I can't do TikTok. I can't do it. And it's not, I, I just, I have Instagram. I have Facebook. I have Twitter. 
I can't have another thing. Yeah. And now I have a podcast. I have a podcast where 10 episodes in and it's awesome and it's great. And it's not as labor intensive as the other stuff because we record a bunch at once and we hired a producer. So I don't have to do the editing, which is great, but it's still my time and my energy and I can't handle a single other platform. So I don't know what the new platform is. I don't want to be on any new platforms. I just want to like live in ignorance a little bit and pretend like things will maybe get back to normal with the ones that I have. I can't learn something new. I'm 45 years old. I have two kids that make me crazy, one of which is a five-year-old because I thought it would be great to have a toddler in my 40s. And I can't handle another thing. I can't. What is the name of your podcast? It's called Friends Without Benefits. Okay. And it is myself and a male friend that I've had for 30 years. We have never crossed the platonic line. And so we are proof that men and women can be friends. And so it's, you know, started with a lot of topics of relationships and dating and all that stuff. He's single. Our lives could not be more opposite. He's like a single bachelor working for the Miami Heat as an in arena host. And I'm sitting in my closet talking to you. It's a very <laughs> different lifestyles we, we live, but there's so many, we have really good banter. And so we thought we'd try it. And so far it's doing really well and we're enjoying it. And I, I'm excited to see where it takes me. So you have 10 episodes out already. Mm-hmm. Where can yep. I hear it? Where can I listen to it? It's everywhere where podcasts are available, but there apparently are a lot of friends without benefits podcasts from some aren't even active anymore. Another thing we should have checked before we launched it, but Apple is probably the easiest place to find it. And it's okay. with Rachel Sobel and Dale McLean. Well, as a person who is an Android person, I'm going to have to go to Spotify, I guess, and see if I can find it there. <laughs> it's on Spotify. It's okay, on good. Spotify. <laughs> so I'm writing it down. Friends without benefits. Okay. Well, yes. and then do you guys, so you don't want to join anything new. So I did join TikTok and anyone who's listened to this podcast, I think I bring TikTok up every episode because I'm obsessed with TikTok. I feel like TikTok is the new, it's that new wild west. It's that new old wild west that we once all experienced and loved. And I think there's a lot of right. opportunity on there. So I have been throwing a lot of energy at TikTok. Plus, I just, I think it's so, you know, for me, when Instagram first came out, my wheelhouse is Facebook. It still always is. Like, I, I'm a mm-hmm. wordy bitch. I have a lot to say. Facebook is an easy way to say it. You know, they don't limit me. I don't have to do it on my phone. I hate to do it. Like I am such a keyboard person and, and I love the groups, you know, I have tons and tons of groups on Facebook and stuff like that. And then when Instagram first came out, I was sort of like, I don't get it. Like, I don't understand. Like, I don't want to, I, in those days, like I never really showed myself. I still never show my family. My, I finally got a dog so I could talk about him on Instagram, but it's like the rest of it. Like I was like, I don't take pretty photos. I'm not a, I'm not a lifestyle person. Like, what do you post on Instagram? Because I know you have a huge following on Instagram. What do you post on Instagram? What are you doing over there? So still I, this is out. why this is why I love Instagram. I know that you're supposed to post like those pretty lifestyle photos, but I post like shaving my mustache off with my little flawless <laughs> hair thing and like talk about my husband's vasectomy and social media shame my family by showing all the shit they leave around the house. So I am like anti, I'm probably like the antichrist of Instagram because I don't have a pretty feed. I don't have everything is not curated. Like, yeah, when I get professional pictures done, I share the shit out of those because I look good and I have hair and makeup done. Hell yeah. (laughs) Other than that, it's very like, very rarely do I even am I done up when I post stuff. And so that's why I love it so much. And maybe that's why people resonate It resonates with people. But the thing with TikTok, and I'm glad you're saying you love it. Not that I'm not like, pro new platform. I guess the way they look at it is I am such a cynical bitch that I feel like it's only a matter of time before TikTok starts to have rules the way that Instagram and Facebook does. So I do I really want to spend my energy 
pouring myself into a flat platform, having all this hope and like beautiful rainbows and sunshine only to have it ripped out from underneath me again. I've already had that done. I'm just going to live where I am and not have that disappointment again. <laughs> well, and see, and I understand that. And I do, I, I'm going in, I'm going in very cynically, cynic, cynic with a lot of cynicism. How's that? I don't know what, how to say that word. <laughs> so I'm going in with a lot of cynicism to TikTok and I'm, yeah, in the same way. I'm like, oh, I was like, oh, this feels good. Like, this is like, this is like, it's not quite as good as old Facebook days, but I'm like, ooh, because I got into Instagram way too late. By the time I finally took the plunge into Instagram, like my Instagram is like on life support. And so, and then my TikTok like, like soared. And the thing about the TikTok, and I know that, uh, yeah, they will throttle us or the government will kick them out because they're the Chinese right. government that's trying right. on us, which I'm sort of like, I mean, okay, like Facebook spies <laughs> on my Instagram. I mean, you should, see, you guys, I'm not even joking. Like I talk about this all the time that it's like, I will like, I'll say something right now. I'm just going to say, I'm going to say potatoes. Okay. So I've just said potatoes. My phone is sitting right here. The next time I open my phone, there will be, there will be an ad for potatoes for like either Mr. (laughs) Potato Head or fries or something, which all would be targeted at me correctly because I would buy Mm -hmm. all those things. And I feel like TikTok, you know, I opened up TikTok the first time and TikTok was like, I know you, I know what you like. They're like, I'm going to show you a lesbian who folds laundry. And I was like, I'm going to like that. And I watched it and I was like, oh my God, I I love that. I was like, what else you got? You know? And now it's like, I follow these weird, like weird history stuff, weird science stuff. Like, and to me, it's like the creativity that I don't see on Instagram. I see it on TikTok. Like people can be so creative over there. And so I think that's the other reason why I like it because I just love the content of it all. And yes, I'm throwing a lot of energy at it. And I know that eventually I'll get throttled, but at least before I get throttled, God damn it, I'm going to get something out of it. Well, you know what makes me laugh though about the creativity, like for me behind Instagram, I can write, like I always have a notes, you know, page open on my phone because in the middle of the night, I'll think of something, an article Uh I want to write or a meme I want to do or whatever. And I had this ongoing list. So I can spend weeks like agonizing over this beautiful post about something, you know, like a long form post and I'll post it and I'll be like, this is going to go bananas. It's going to go viral. And it's like 50 likes. And then perfect example, last week, I'm much more into reels now, which is like, you know, a spin on TikTok. I'm much more into reels. And I posted a reel. It was four seconds long and it was me pulling out a pair of underwear from my purse with my old meme that's already been posted that said something like, if you are a woman who carries an extra pair of underwear in case you pee your pants, you are my people. Yeah. Boom. 60,000 views in like 10 minutes. And I'm like, so nobody wants to hear the words that are pouring out of my heart and soul. They just want to see me pull out a pair of underwear and like make fun of myself. And you know what? If that's what makes me grow, so be it. I'll do it. Lean into that. Well, you know, it's funny you say that because the other day I was leaving town and I and I was packing a different computer bag. Like normally I take like a normal computer bag with me, but I needed to take something smaller. And so, but I needed something out of my computer bag. And so I asked my daughter to run down to my office and to grab this notebook I needed in my computer bag. And she came upstairs and she's like, I'm not going to do that for you because as soon as I opened up the pocket where you said that notebook was, I saw underwear. Why do you have underwear (laughs) in your laptop bag? And I was like, and she's like, are you like, why would you take off your underwear? And I was like, no, first of all, I'm like, they're clean. I was like, second of all, mommy needs those because sometimes when I'm traveling or even if I'm just at the goddamn library working, 
it just, mm-hmm. mommy needs them. Okay. I was like, did you leave them in there? And she's like, of course, I don't want to touch them. And I was like, cool. And then my husband's like, you have underwear in your laptop bag. I'm like, it's not what you think. I probably, <laughs> I'm like, if you find underwear in the backseat of my car, it's there because I needed them. <laughs> you know? Not because I You're like, them. listen, you're like, you never know when a swift sneeze or cough is going to come your way and, and set your, you know, derail your day. You got to be hundred percent. A hundred percent. So I think that's so funny. Well, that's the other thing I'm noticing too, though, too, is I'm feeling as a person who writes books, writes blog posts, writes long form content, I'm a little dismayed how people don't want to read anymore. (laughs) I know. And you know what? I love reading. And I say this all the time. Like I love talking to authors. I love sharing their books. Like anytime a publishing house sends me a book to promo, like I'm on it because we have to help each other. I truly believe in like helping our community grow. But I love reading because I feel like it's such an escape. And I know it's an old school escape versus just scrolling, but everyone's minds are wired so differently now. But here's the whole mind fuck of it all. If you want to sell books, you also need some kind of social media following because you have to have a built-in audience. So it's like they're throwing all these rules at us, but they're telling us we have to use it for our livelihood. If we want to write, we have to have the audience. If you want the audience, you have to write. It's like a a whole cycle that is probably bringing us all down a rabbit hole that I don't know how we're going to get out of. Well, it's interesting because it's like, I'm like, yeah, I need a viral reel. I need a viral four second reel that ties in with my book so that they go viral. So then that way they'll sell books, you know, they'll go, they'll go mm-hmm. buy books. And it's like, and I think for me, I'm like you where it's like, I will write something and I will think like, okay, all right, this one, this is, this is amazing. One. This yeah. is a good one. Like I really felt this one, this one. I mean, I was super, it was either I was super funny or I was like super like, you know, vulnerable or whatever. Like, I'm like, this one's mad, whatever it is. Cause it's like whatever emotion, you know, it's like, I'm like, this is really emotional and this is going to be, this is going to be it. And I'm with you. It's like two likes. And then I put up like a picture of like, that's why I call this no pants required because the first time I ever put up a picture of myself in clothes, like I was like, I was like, look, I wore pants and I got like, <laughs> thousands of likes Uh on a pair of jeans, you know? And I was like, oh, now I see why the Kardashians do this. Like, what the heck, you know? And, and I was like, oh, so you guys like pants. Okay. And then I was like, you know what you'd like even more? Like dresses with pockets, but it just, (laughs) but it just kind of cracks you up though, because it's like, you kind of, I find for me, you know, I've had several like blog posts go viral and, Mm -hmm. and it's like, people will say like, oh, well, you know, what did you do? And I'm like, (laughs) I didn't plan for it. Like I just, that's it. That's it. Yeah. And so you have to be more organic. And so I, so I'm not surprised that your four minute, four second, you know, underwear post is the one that kicked it off because you agonized over the other one and you, and you want to hear a real kick in the teeth. My daughter, who my older one, who's 13, I've kept my kids off social media on my page. I'll put stories about them and every once in a while, like a profile, like a side profile picture. But I really am not crazy about them being on Uh social. But my 13-year-old asks now because this is her playground. They're doing it. So I get it. I have an entire highlight button of her trolling me because she will frequently take my phone and make fun of me, fully make fun of me, like imitate me, whatever. So I post them in my stories and I'm not even joking that I have, I can't even count the messages of people going, oh, this is the best content you have. And I'm like, dude, (laughs) I've been here for eight years entertaining you like a circus clown. And now my kid swoops in and just starts literally imitating the words I'm saying. And that's the best content I have. But you know, like give the people what they want, I guess. Oh yeah. I mean, lean into that. Well, that's like, you know, a few, a few months ago I was speaking to like a group of authors and they were like, Oh, and this, this guy was like, I saw that you post, 
you know, reviews of your books online. I'm like, I do. And he's like, and like, you typically post like good ones. I'm like, yeah, I do. You know, and he's like, but you also post one stars. I mean, that's really what I imagined my TikTok was going to be. That's what I started TikTok content was going to read one star reviews. I was all I was going to do was read one star reviews on my own books. And, but I was like, well, when you write humor, you can do that. (laughs) You know, like, I don't know, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't, I don't know if I wrote something like very literary that I had spent years on and, you know, but maybe then I wouldn't be as comfortable posting my one stars. But it's so funny because yeah, people are like, oh, because when I post the one star reviews, I sell more books than when I post a five star review. (laughs) They like to see to me. They like to see that you're getting that you're you are you're you're okay with being made fun of. You know that well I think I think people like self deprecating humor. Yeah. Yeah. People like when you don't take yourself too seriously. And I I totally relate to that. I remember the first piece I ever, ever wrote outside of my blog that was for Scary Mommy. And it was about my divorce. And the the comments were brutal. I mean, mm-hmm. it, that was when I learned really do not read comment sections, which I never read. But I was like, I have to do something with all this energy because now I feel really gross and I don't like it. So I did the same thing. I literally read, I took video of myself reading all of the shitty comments. And you know what? It felt really good because I felt like I was getting ahead of it instead of like sulking in a corner and crying. I felt like I was calling people out Mm -hmm. for making fun of me. And then my real loyal followers would like come into my rescue and it felt really good. So I get that mentality. I think you have to share the losses too. Mm -hmm. If we only share the wins and the successes, our pages become very one-sided and they look like the shit that everyone says to stay away from, like the Mm -hmm. perfect white picket fence life. If you share the messy things and the chaotic things and the things that would potentially bring you down. I, it humanizes you and people like you more, I feel like. Well, they think, yeah, because you're not being phony. You're actually, because I think right. nobody, nobody lives a beautifully cur- curated life. I don't care who you are. I don't care where you live. Mm-hmm. I don't care who you are, what you do. There are days you have shitty days too. And you have dusty mm-hmm. corners too. And you have a pile of laundry that hasn't gotten done. And you know, I mean, maybe, maybe you're waiting for your housekeeper to do that pile, but you're still waiting, you know, like, but I'm just saying like, I mean, we all pee our pants. We all have had these times, you know, and, and I think that it was a matter of like trying to pull that veil back and like show people that you're not the only person. And I think that there's so many of us that have that in common. And those are the people who I'm always like drawn to. Like, that's why, Mm -hmm. you know, a few years ago, like I invited you to be in one of my anthologies because Mm -hmm. of that, because I was like, oh, this is a person who she wants to be authentic and real. She wants to tell her story. And which anthology are you in? I am in, I just want to hang out with you. I just want to hang out. Oh, so it's the newest one. So yeah. I just want to hang out with you about teenagers. I kind of get lost, you guys. I think I have eight anthologies that I've published over the years. I think a lot. Amazing. And I added it up the I added it up a few years ago when I was writing how I fucking did it. And I think at that time I had 90 contributors that have like, cause I have some old, I'm sorry, old is not the word. I have some anchors. <laughs> I have some mature people who have been there for, for a lot, if not all of the books and that I can always count on to get their, hit their deadline and hit the right notes and, you know, get it, get it done. And then I always bring in new people as well. And so I think, so I had 90 before, before we did that. So it's hard for me to, like, I can usually remember who's in my books, but I can't remember which book they're in. Is, does How that make could sense? you? That's a lot. <laughs> yes. you. Ha- I mean, and not only that, I'm sure like when you're, you are a very well-liked and respected and relatable author in this space of 
motherhood and womanhood and midlife and everything that comes along with it. So I imagine that when you are doing anthologies, you're getting so many submissions that forget about remembering the people that you actually making your cut and ending up in your books. You probably have all those words floating around in your head, not remembering who wrote what, how could you possibly remember who's in yeah. what? I don't know that I would ever be able to do that. <laughs> well, I, I will say I don't, I don't open it to submissions. I did that once because I kind of, I got called out at a conference once that I was being, that I was kind of gatekeeping and that I was being clicky, which is never what I want to do. Right. But for me, I was like, I I do it out of necessity for my own personal time and mental health, because it's like, I put out these anthologies, but I also usually put out another book of my own, you know, that I'm working on plus everything else I'm doing. And so, and so I keep it small just for that very reason, not because I, and I said, I was like, and everywhere I go, I, and I talk about these books, I tell people, if you're a writer and you want to be considered for an invitation, send me an email and send me a link to your samples, because that's all mm-hmm. I'm doing is going down rabbit holes, you know? And so, and then some of my contributors, a lot of times they're the ones who recommend people to me. They're like, Hey, check out so-and-so. And so I will. And so I have a whole spreadsheet and I keep track. And then anybody who's ever been in a book is always invited for the next book plus new people. Right. So, so then it does. So like for, I just want to hang out with you. It was a lot of submissions, but, but I did one year. So after that conference, I can't remember. It was, it was probably, I don't know. I was probably on book four or five or something at that point. And I opened it up and I went in all these writing groups and, and put out the guidelines and stuff like that. And I was inundated with humor is a really tough category. I decided, Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, a few years ago, a, a conference asked me to teach people how to write funny. And I was like, I don't know if you can teach that. And, and so I did, but I was like, oh, wow. Like a lot of people are just not that funny. And, but I'm always looking for make me laugh, make me cry. So I'm also looking for like Mm -hmm. heartwarming. So I'm like, if you've got something that like, is not funny, but it makes me feel something, you know, make me laugh, make me cry, make me angry usually. Cause I like angry stuff too, but it just wasn't my style. And I just thought I have a I have a brand. I have a, I kind of have a, a voice that I put into these books and it just didn't work. And I spent so much time reading all these submissions and they didn't follow the guidelines, which, you know, it's like, it's so funny because you see these, these agents and like these contests that have like these really like strict guidelines and like, we will throw it out if it, you know, if you do not, you know, doubles. It used to be when you had to print it out, it was like, it had to be double spaced and it had to be, you know, one sided, all this, we'll throw it out. And I used to think, gosh, that's so terrible. But then when I started getting all these, like, terribly formatted things. I was like, Oh, I understand. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. I just, and I literally did not find, I don't think I found anybody (laughs) new that like, and so, so the next year I just said, I put it out on my own platform. And I was like, if you follow me and you've read these books and you kind of know who I am and what I do, and you want to submit, you guys can submit. And, and then I did find people because then it was like, Oh, you know, they understood more like they, they Mm -hmm. got the, they understood what we were trying to do. But yeah, it's been, I haven't done one yet for 2022. I'm looking at the calendar right now. I'm like, oh, it's July of 2022. I don't know if 2022 is going to get one. <laughs> 2020, 2022 might just have to chill. 2022 might, might have just have to, to chill. Might it's have like chill. hurting cats sometimes. And I feel like, and even with the, I just want to hang out with you. That one was hard too, you know, because we kind of did that like during the pandemic and People mm-hmm. were, it was really hard. I, I heard from so many writers that were like, I'd love to do it, but I'm just not feeling it right. I'm not, 
I'm not creative right now. Were you creative during lockdown and all that? Were you able to do stuff? I mean, I know you got my essay done, so you got that done. But yeah, anything else? <laughs> I did. I did do that. I feel, you know, I think I was creative in the best way that I could. I think that I tried, everything felt so heavy. Mm-hmm. And I'm one of those people who copes with humor. So when things get heavy, I'm the one making an inappropriate joke because I can't stand the heaviness. It feels suffocating and I feel like I have to do something to distract. So I think I was pretty, you know, with Instagram, especially, I was very active in my stories about posting just all the stuff we were all relating to with our kids and homeschooling our kids and quarantining and wiping down groceries and all the stuff we dealt with on a daily basis. And I think that's how I therapized a little bit. I wrote a lot, but I think I wrote a lot for myself and not necessarily stuff that I was like, this has to get out out in the wild. I think I was more introspective during that time. I spent a lot of time working on ideas for a book and all that kind of stuff. And so I think I I feel good about, you know, how productive I was in terms of creativity, but it was hard. It was, there were so many times and I feel it now too, like in our world, there's just so many times it's hard to be funny and Mm -hmm. you feel like an asshole sometimes being funny. And then, you know, it's really interesting on my social media pages i don't ever get political i don't ever talk about heavy stuff and i do it specifically and i i was trying to figure out like why like i have a big mouth i'm not i don't shy away from topics I was gonna say that shocks me i've never really noticed it but i i never noticed the lack of it either yeah so the reason i i think that i've the conclusion i've come to of why i don't do it is number one there's a couple reasons i don't have the mental capacity to deal with the people who are going to come at me i can't mm-hmm. deal with educating people on why I feel the way that I feel. And it's not hard to tell where I stand. Like people can read through the, you know, between the lines and see very clearly where I align and all that stuff. I just feel like I started this page to be super vulnerable, to share parts of my journey, to connect with other women, regardless of what our ideals might've been. And I felt like if I started to swoop in and share all the really heavy political stuff and social stuff and all those things, that my page would turn into something I really didn't want it to be. And I applaud the people who are doing it because I see it and I'm like, you know, that takes balls to like put that stuff out there knowing that you're going to get attacked by people. I just feel a little bit fragile sometimes in my own head that I don't want to be attacked by anyone and I want to remain a place that people feel safe. Mm -hmm. And I've always said that I want my page to be a safe space for women who need that camaraderie. And I feel like if I start to share the political stuff, there's going to be infighting and there's going to be drama and there's going to be just like very bad energy. And I, I want to keep it from my space. That being said, I post on my personal page all the time, the shit mm-hmm. that makes me crazy. So it's not like I'm being quiet about it. I just don't want to go there. I want to keep it the space that I envisioned, which was making everyone feel like they had a place to come when things got really heavy and we could still talk about the normal shit going on. But it's hard to post like that with all the stuff that happens in the world. It's hard to like, sometimes I feel really guilty if I post a meme or if I post something that's supposed to make people laugh with all the heaviness. And then I keep having to tell myself, okay, but you're doing this because not everyone wants to read political stuff. Not everyone wants to turn to Instagram and Facebook and see the same posts over and over. They want an escape. And if I can provide that, then I'm going to provide it. Hmm. I, I hear what you're saying and I'm not, I'm not attacking you in any way. Please don't, please don't think I am. But I do think that someone who has as many people as you have following you Yes, you want to create this safe space. I'm going to cry. But for me, <sighs> it's not if I'm someone who who feels that I'm living in an unsafe world right now, I guess I need mm-hmm. to see people who who want to protect me and not protect mm-hmm. everybody. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like 100% and, and you're and you're right. You're right. It's there's no question. You're 100% right. And so it I'm not It makes me feel 
And I'm tr- and I get so, it for your own mental health and all that. That's important too. That's super important. And if that's your reasoning, I would never argue with that. But but for me, like I wanted to, I I try to post stuff and try to do it because I want it to feel like a safe space for the people who feel unsafe. Yeah, the, you no, know, and I get that. I get that. Uh, that makes sense, and that logic makes sense. I think the other side of it for me is my kids. I. Yeah do share some stuff with my kids and my kids' faces. And I have seen in the past few weeks, fellow content creators get terrifying and disgusting messages from people threatening their children and all those things. And I feel like because I have brought my children into this with their smiling faces and all these things, I feel like I'm setting them up for really sick people who want to get to my Achilles heel to -hmm. come after my kids. And so that to me was the clincher. It wasn't about like, not because you're hundred percent right. I want people to see me, who I am, what I stand for and feel safe in the space in a world where many women feel unsafe right now. That is without question, but I can't, I have had people on a good day when none of this shit was going down with Roe v. Wade and everything happening. I have had men send me such disgusting messages that I've had to get the FBI involved yep. and, you know, say really gross things about my kids. And it's, it, it's it terrifying. Is, there are times where I've thought about shutting my account down completely be, out of fear for what would happen. So when I think about the people who are so on edge right now with how divided our country is and everything going on, if I can maintain a small, and it's not out of ignorance, it's not out of, I am very purposely choosing this path. My head is not in the sand. And I recognize that like some people see it as a responsibility. My responsibility, my first responsibility is protecting my family. And from seeing what other messages and all these things people are getting, it terrifies me to know that there are people who've seen my children's faces, who might know their names, who might know where I live, all these things, and then sharing these really emotionally charged messages and bringing those people out to attack me and my family. That's really the clincher for me. And so I can't do it. I will always be vocal and I'll find other ways to be vocal. I just can't do it there. Maybe that will change, but I can't do it there because I'm too scared of the unhinged people that live in our country. I'm going to cry again because the fact (laughs) that we have to like worry about this fucking shit. It's terrible. It is terrible. It is terrible. And, you know, I always say, Hashtag not all men, but it's usually a man. So fuck mm-hmm. those guys. And mm-hmm. and I'm sorry that that is happening, that you have to choose that. But, it co- but always we choose our families. Always we choose our mm-hmm. kids' safety and our own safety. And and it just – you're right. It's disgusting, like, the messages that we get. And I don't think – and that's the thing is, like, I would share some of that stuff. But to be honest, like, it can't – it's not funny. I can't make it funny. Right. It's actually kind of terrifying, and I don't want to give them any more sunlight or oxygen. Like that well, is. And let me and let me tell you a story too that will maybe put this in perspective. I had a few months ago, a few co- fellow content creators, women, mm-hmm. were sent these anonymous. There's a, a company called Anonymous Potato, okay, mm-hmm. which is fucking stupid. Potato. See, I knew potato would come up. <laughs> Look at that. And you can send an anonymous, which I think the whole idea of, I know there's dick confetti and there's all these things and like, but it's very terrifying if you think about the foundation of these companies to anonymously send something to anyone that is unwanted mm-hmm. solicitation. It's not okay. Like these Mm-mm. companies should be, have legal something mm-hmm. around them because it's not okay. So, so a few of us women were sent these potatoes that they write messages on for you. Mm-hmm. All of us got them. 
and they had like quotes from mean girls on them or something like that. Okay. Mm. And I was like, at first I thought, you know, I'm sure you've gotten stuff from companies unsolicited. I get brands Mm -hmm. sending me stuff all the time with the hopes that I'm going to share it in my story. So that's what I thought it was. Right. When I shared it in my stories, all these people messaged me. They're like, oh my God, I got one too. I got one too. This is freaking me out. Long story short, there was some butthurt male content creator that was in some groups with us who Mm -hmm. got pissed off because he did something really stupid and got called out for it. So he decided to look up all of our addresses. Okay. Wow. Our home addresses, because Mm. a lot of stuff is public record. He looked up all of our home addresses. He bought gift cards to buy potatoes without any so they can't be traced um, record that he'd done it. So they can't be traced and sent them to our homes. Okay. I know it sounds funny, but I have never felt more violated of in my life yep. that somebody would send something so fucking stupid to my house where I live, where my children sleep. And maybe to him it was funny, but the fact that he was able to get his hands on my address and get this company to cooperate by sending this stupid shit, I felt naked. I felt like... He, he was able to get to me. And if he can get to me, who else can get to me? Right. And that changed the way that I started to post things on social media because it terrified me. Right. Like it would it, it sound so dumb, but it terrified me because this was yeah. a stupid man with a vendetta against women who'd called him out. And he was so upset about it that he spent time and money hatching this secret plan to send potatoes with mean girls quotes to women he didn't even know using his wife's money because he doesn't work, by the way. His wife is a breadwinner. And part of me wanted to email her and be like, do you know that your husband spent $300 on fucking potatoes? Okay. Um, when we're done so, and we're no longer recording, I'm going to need his name because I'm absolutely doing that. <laughs> so, I'm going to send know, him a potato. It's like, you know, I, I, you're not alone in thinking the way you think. And I have actually gotten messages from women saying like, I think you have a responsibility to post about X, Y, and Z. And I I get it. Like you're not wrong, but I can't go there after the certain things that I've endured with the yes. breaches of privacy that I've had. I just don't have it in my gut. Everything in my gut tells me don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. Right. And so I have to listen to my gut as much as it's a struggle because I have a big mouth and I want to talk about everything. But well, I think I have that's what surprised me. Yeah, when you said you didn't do it, but but see, yeah. I didn't know all this. I had never heard about this yeah. whole potato thing. Like that is yeah fucking crazy at crazy crazy and we called the company we called the company i was like listen i understand that like you're trying to have fun and games here but there's like a psychopath that is sending all of us there it's bullying this is bullying and if you're not going to give me information i'm going to get my lawyers involved and like this they turned over and not only was he using gift cards jen he used a vanishing ip address i worked in website security for many years so i know how these things work he used a vanishing so he went through all these motions and that's what i mean like there's these sick people who do things that may seem like jokes but like i don't want any of that i don't want any of that in my life i don't No. well i'm at the point where so i have a p.o box I mean, I'm sure you could find my address. I'd rather people not look for it, but I paid I paid a company a few years ago to really scrub it. And I think it actually must have come up for renewal because I got a few personalized Christmas cards this year, which were great. Oh. I love Christmas cards. That's fine. But it did, but even a Christmas card, sort of like I was like, huh, look at that. That uh-huh. came to my house. Okay. Uh-huh. Okay. Yep. And you're like, interesting. So my address, okay, I gotta go figure that out. So I gotta go scrub that again. But I have this PO box. And every time I get a package of any kind, I open it there because I'm like, and my, the person, of course, they know me at this point, because I've had my PO box there for like 10 years or something. And you know, when you have a name called Throat Punch Media, they kind of pay attention (laughs) to you. And 
And so finally, so the other day I actually got something and I opened it and I was kind of opening it very carefully, like over the trash can, you know, and the guy was like, what do you, and I was like, oh, at some point someone is going to send me a bag of shit, a glitter bomb, something like that's going to like explode everywhere. And I'm trying, I said, that's why I open it here. Cause I don't want, I mean, I made a video a few years ago that I thought I opened a thing on my driveway cause I thought I got a pipe bomb. But it was it was rolls of toilet paper, like. But I could hear it like shaking inside the box, and so it was funny at the time. But like later on, people were like, "I'm so sorry that you thought someone sent you a pipe bomb." And I'm like, "I mean, girl, you like." And I think that's the part that I think a lot of us, all myself included, that we all forget that like, yeah, we are human beings. We do have to think about our safety and our privacy and our families. And so, I'm sorry that I made you cry. And no, I'm I, like. Th- no, don't. But do that's not, be not sorry. what's right, and that's why I was like, I'm not attacking. I'm just trying to figure out why. Because I do, I see these content creators that are quiet, and I don't know why, and I don't. And it is not for everybody. It's not, and I get that. And and a lot of people are like, this is a professional platform. I'm, and even in my midlife fights group, I don't have politics in there. I won't allow politics in there because it is. It's a lot to moderate, and it's a lot. And to me, it has nothing to do with menopause. It has nothing to do with aging. Like you know, like except for now with Roe v. Wade. You know, like when Roe v. Wade was right. overturned. You know, my mods were like, "What are we doing with Roe v. Wade?" I mean, it is a women's issue. It is, you know. And I was like, "Fuck!" And so I have another group called Lady Balls. I'm like, send them all to Lady Balls. Tell them to go to Lady mm-hmm. Balls, and they can go over there and bitch all they want about Roe v. Wade. But I'm like, we yeah. got to keep this space like on on topic, you know. And yeah. And so I get that. And so it's like you have you boundaries. Everybody has, especially online people, we have to have boundaries. Now, what else are you working on right now? What do what you, you said you worked on a book a little bit. Are you still working on a book? I am. I am in the process. We've gone through a couple revisions of the proposal and I'm in that proposal phase that hopefully will be pitched out this week or next week. And I'm just praying because it's this has always been my end goal. Ever since the day that I started this account, I, I've I've written my whole life. Even before being a writer in this capacity, I was in public relations. So ninety percent of my job was writing, and so this has always been my wheelhouse. But books have always. When I hear you talk about all the books you've written, I'm like salivating because it is like always been my goal. That has always been what I wanted to do, and so I've been working so hard for this. And I love my agent; she's wonderful, and I'm. She, I know she believes in me, and I trust her, and so I'm just praying that this is the year that's going to happen. I just, I feel it in my bones that it's like on the cusp of something, but I get imposter syndrome and I get freaked out and I get, you know, when I get rejections, like everyone gets rejections, which I know is part of the game. Then I question myself and I cry to my husband. I'm like, did I make the wrong decision quitting a corporate job? I get all crazy and get in my head. And, you know, then I look at my kids and I'm like, nope. I'm like, they have to see what it's like to not have to fit into the confines of a cubicle and be able to build a career because I never mm-hmm. want my kids to feel like they have to go work a nine to five in a shitty job they hate. I want them to see that you can be successful doing something that you love. Yes, 100%. What is the book about? The book is basically, I, I don't want to like, I don't know what I'm allowed to even say at this point, but the book is basically- What's your elevator pitch? Give me your elevator pitch. The, the book is about uh, as as women, we are constantly going through reinvention through every phase of our lives. When we become, when we're from daughters to wives, to mothers, to brothers, and whatever we are in our lives, there's like this little evolution that goes on every time you experience something in your life. For me, it was you know, going through a divorce, getting remarried, my mother having breast cancer, and thankfully, you know, being a kick-ass survivor, me having my own breast cancer scare, all these things, these little like blips that happen that knock you down, they're not 
failures. They are part of your evolution and they're meant to change you. They're meant to break you a little bit and fracture you and like have your pieces look different. And so it's all about just as women, how we all kind of have our own reinvention. And so if we start looking at things as opportunities for growth and failing upward versus like knocking us down and being in the fetal position, it changes the way that you live your life. That sounds like an awesome book. I want to read that book. I really want to write it. I really want to write it. I like my, my hands are like shaking to write it. And so I'm just, you know, you've gone, you know, you're a veteran now in the book space, but you know, I'm sure you remember with your first few books, like it's, it is mighty inducing to like have your words that are not fiction. It's your life on people's desks and then look at it and be like, nope, that feels (laughs) like shit. Yeah, that feels like shit. It does. It, you know, and so we've gone back and forth on how it would look and how it would be shaped and what it would be formatted like. And I feel really good about it. And I'm just going to keep manifesting and putting it out there and hope that this is my year. That's what I'm So does it get shelved as, like, it gets shelved as sort of self help or memoir? So I think it'll be, it could be in self help. It could be crossover, but it's not a prescriptive book. It's more of like, it's more, I don't want to say memoirish because I feel like at 45 years old, who am I to write a memoir? Like who, who mm-hmm. am I to write a memoir? But I feel like it has the, the makings of like a, you know, a memoir essay-ish type book, but it would be probably in inspirational sections, maybe okay. crossover and self-help. But I'm not an expert. I'm not pretending to be an expert. I'm just a girl who's been through shit that's knocked me down over and over and over again. And instead right. of laying there and crying about it and throwing myself a pity party, I stood up and I fought and I fought harder. And I think as women and raising two girls who are going to be women, we have to know how to fucking fight. We have to fight for ourselves, for our families, for our futures. Like if we can't fight, we will not succeed. And it's a shitty thing to say. You don't want it to sound like you're like inciting riots and violence because that's what fighting is always synonymous with. Right. But I don't mean like fighting, putting gloves on fighting. I mean, using your voice and standing up for yourself and being vocal and going for what you want and being hungry enough to do it. Like my kids see me all the time crying over work-related shit if something gets rejected or whatever. And I'm honest with them. And I'm like, listen, this sucks. It hurts, but I'm going to, I'm going to cry right now and I'm going to get up tomorrow and I'm going to fight even fucking harder. And I'm going to go after new people who maybe don't know me or haven't been exposed to me or whatever it is. And, you know, and then I have my older one with the comedic relief without even meaning it. She'll ask me how much I get paid for a post. Like she'll say, Oh, Fabletic sent you this. How much do you get paid? And I'll tell her how much I get paid. And she'll go, Oh my God, that's a lot of money. How come we're not rich? And I'm like, I'll give you two reasons we're not rich. And they're both in the backseat of my car because they need braces and bathing suits that don't cover their boobs and, you know, therapy and all these things. And that's why we're not rich. That's why mommy is not rich because of you two right there. And I'm rich with love. What can I say? But not with money. <laughs> I'm just impressed Fabletics is paying you because they're always like, would you like some, would you like some yoga yeah. pants? So I thought that's what you're going to be like. What'd you get paid? I'm like, oh, I got these sweet yeah. yoga pants. What do you think? You know? Things are worth, some things are worth doing for product. Some things are worth yeah. doing product. But I tell content creators, all I listen to my friends all the time who are like doing things for t-shirts. And I'm like, are you stupid? You have built an audience. I don't care if you get paid $20 thousand dollars five thousand dollars get your money stop doing shit for free stop it that's right amen preach well this has been so fun and i think we've only had a couple of interruptions so i think we're gonna be great but <laughs> it's real life interruptions are real life it is real life so you may have heard my phone ring there in the background i tried to mute as fast as i could but i'm not gonna cut it because rachel had really good stuff to say so just turn up the volume and listen but i am so glad you came on 
I'm so glad we had this conversation. I still feel really bad that I made you cry. I did not mean to do no, that. No, it was a nice moment. I feel good. like it was a good moment. Like, I don't feel you you're my know, first crier. I, <laughs> it's the first well, time I cried too. So the two of us. It, tomorrow, tomorrow you're going to text me and you're like, I just started my period. I'm like, oh my god, me too. No, no. But thank you for doing this. I'm excited for your book. Keep me posted. And as always, you can always put me down. You know, you always have to have that section of who will help you promote your book when you're writing your book proposal. Hi, girl. Put me on there. Hi, I absolutely want to help you promote this book. It sounds amazing. And I want to go listen. Tell, tell us again what your name of your podcast is. It's called Friends Without Benefits with Rachel Sobel and Uptown Dale. That's what it says on the little picture. On the little picture. Okay. So go find that and listen to the podcast. Because as you can tell, you know, a few years ago, I was on the radio and I was talking to a guy who I talked to a lot of of radio hosts who I talked to a lot. And later on, I got an email and they said, you know, Steve loved having you on. He says, you do good radio and you do good podcast, Rachel. So thank you for talking to me today. So please go listen to Rachel's podcast because I'm sure it's amazing. I I didn't even know you had one. We got to promote that better. And then follow Wine and Cheez-Its on Instagram. Yeah, Wine and Cheez-Its on Instagram. Yep, Instagram and Facebook, it's the same. And Twitter, you know, don't bother. I, know, my Twitter. I try my best, but my Twitter is just where I yell at corporations because I'm I'm verified on Twitter, so I can get shit done over there. But that's really all I do with it is just yell. I just yell at corporations that make me mad, you know. But and then there was something else I was going to ask you. Dang it, I lost it. My middle aged brain. But I'll think of it and I'll talk to you later. Oh, I know what it was. I want to know. I also want to kind of go after this little potato company. So I would like to know the name of the potato company. It's called the Anon- Anonymous Potato Company, I think. But Anonymous it's, I don't Potato. Even know they're still in business. Yeah. Anonymous okay. So potato. I'm going um, to use my Twitter account <laughs> that attacks corporations. No. But I think that that, I do think if you have a business that is an anonymous business like that, you probably should think a little bit about. I think you guys, I mean, maybe it was started out as a cute idea and, you know, but it's kind of a shitty thing. So maybe think it's about gross. that. Yeah. It's gross. Mm. It's gross. Think about that. Yeah. And get a P.O. box, Rachel, because you need a P.O. I'm box. I'm going to right now, literally right now. <laughs> All right. Thanks so much. This was a great time. And please follow Rachel everywhere. And we'll look forward to seeing about your book. Bye. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks for listening and subscribing to the No Pants Required with Jen Man podcast. Don't forget to follow me on social media and subscribe to my newsletter at jenmanwrites.com. My newest book, Midlife Bites, Anyone Else Falling Apart or Is It Just Me? is available now everywhere books are sold. I'm also getting ready to put on some pants and leave my house. I'm headed out on book tour starting in April. So check my website, jenmanwrites.com for details. I'm adding new dates all the time, so keep checking back. And the best way to find out is to subscribe to my newsletter. I'll see you on the road. Bye.